Welcome to the Susan Murphy Milano Show. Time's up. Produced and broadcast by the Zeus Radio Network for Hear Women Talk. Welcome, everyone. I am so excited. This is the debut show of the Susan Murphy Milano here on the Zeus Radio Network. That song that you were just listening to has been specially recorded and prepared for our show every week. It's called Gone, and it's by Ava Aston, A-S-T-O-N, and she's at avaaston.com, and that will be the anthem for our show each week. I can't tell you um, how much this means to us to be able to do this. Every week, myself and Delilah, who is on with me, is the co-host, and we will be putting on shows and discussing issues that you won't see in the regular news, but should make the news. We will be fighting justice. We have seen over the years that even blog talk radio stations have been able to fight for cases, have been able to get them opened, and you're going to see that our next two guests who are going to be on, each the mothers of two murder victims, each the mothers who have been waiting for justice, one for 10 years and the other one for six years, finally are on the road, and, and we're going to talk about that. Um, for more than a decade, the state of Oklahoma, the medical examiners, law enforcement, and certain politicians have kicked dust justice to the street curbs for the citizens of Oklahoma. Since the year 2000, unsolved murders have been stamped suicide, as if the medical examiner's office is branding justice for victims as if they are cattle. That's right, cattle. Like this was 1850s, you know, with the Wild West. That's what Oklahoma is like. One by one, crime scene photos tell each victim's stories. The blood-spattered walls, the entry-exit wounds of bullets, an appliance cord around a neck to burn patterns, and a body position upon entry. The medical examiner's office in Oklahoma has practiced a brand of cover-up and corruption without regard for truth and justice. Now, what I've been doing, if you've been following the blog at murphymilanojournal.blogspot.com, is two weeks ago, or on October 14th, I went out to Garvin County, Oklahoma, and I was brought out by two of the three families that we're going to have on tonight. Um, one is Shonda Turner. She was 23 years old. She was shot to death in her home in Pauls Valley, Oklahoma, on July 12, 2000. Her boyfriend claimed she shot herself while he slept through the sound of gunfire and later found her outside in the back steps after she was dead. Crime scene photos depict throughout the inside of the home, including on the mattress he claimed he was sleeping on. The mattress had been stripped of sheets. No one asked where they went. There were signs of cleanup in the bedroom, including a bottle of cleaning solution on the floor. The boyfriend had fresh scratches on his arms. Now, you all know that. When there's fresh scratches, what does that say? That means that that person was in a fight, in an altercation, trying to stop somebody from hurting them, or they were in a defensive mode. And he had, again, fresh scratches on him. And there was a huge sign of the struggle in the living room. There was broken furniture. Joining us today is Shonda's mother, Donna Turner. Donna, welcome to the show. 
thank you. And Pleasure also, to be here. It, it, it's it's an honor to have you. I mean, you've been fighting for ten years. Ten yes. years. Yes. Tell our listeners about your daughter, please. Well, Shanda was a, a beautiful person, and she also had physical beauty. She was athletic. She was warm and caring, and um, she would the type of person that she would notice the one that everyone else ignored. And uh, it, you know, she was. Um, a, a wonderful, caring person. I, I think it's important for our listeners to note that, you know, like so many of these cases that we see, even back in 2000, she was preparing to leave this guy. She had been in a relationship with yes. him. She was living with him. And she was saying no more. And as I often talk about, and you'll hear about in the, in the upcoming shows that we do, is is about prevention and safety. And she thought she was okay because you knew she was leaving. She was preparing to go to, para, to become a paralegal. The law firm that she worked for was sending her. And she had a future. And a lot of times these guys just get it in their head that, you know, power control, they're going to take ownership of that. And and when you got the call that something had happened, where were you? I was at home, and they came to my home the next day. Who came to your home? Who came to your home, Donna? Two Garvin County uh, officers. And what did they say to you? That she was just dead and that was it? They told me to sit down. They they came into the house and they told me to sit down, and I knew it wasn't going to be good news by that. And um, they said, you have a daughter, Shanda Turner? And I said, yes. And they said, well, she's dead, just like that. When did you know after you were told? Did you feel right away that something wasn't right? I knew immediately when they told me self-inflicted, <laughs> I knew something was very wrong because I knew of the situation in the relationship and I knew of things that had been happening not only in the relationship but as far as the boyfriend's behavior. And what was his behavior I, like? Well, he had shot a man 28 days before Shanda's death. Didn't for that, no that, Donna, didn't that come out at all? It was published in the newspaper and one time as an accidental reckless handling or something of that nature. I see. So he, he does an accidental reckless handling 28 days before. Your daughter is dead and they say it's self-inflicting. Right. Was he charged with anything for that shooting? Um, I asked after Shanda's death why nothing was done about that. And um, Deputy Matt Mixon told me that the man didn't want to file charges. Oh, so the man, the man didn't die. He was shot in the foot. He, Shanda and the other witness there told me that um, he was told to dance, and when he refused, he was shot in the foot. Again, this is Oklahoma, folks. This is Garvin County, Oklahoma, and not much has changed. Told to dance. I mean, those are the John Wayne kind of movies that we see, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's that, that and, and, it's, and it's not funny, but no. that is really... Um, you know, to me, well, it's like something you see in a bad B movie. Well, Garvin County, Oklahoma, and, and, and we're going to make a, a, an announcement um, as to some things that have gone on there. But you know, Garvin County, Oklahoma, and, and there's a lot of good people out there. There's a lot of good citizens. There's a lot of good police oh, officers. There's a lot of good prosecutors. I didn't see them, folks, when I was there. 
Um, and it wasn't until midweek of my visit or my trip down there, being at ground zero on the crime scene of Shanda Turner and, and our next guest coming up, that um, I realized that you know justice was still 1850 style. Justice was still not happening. And, but I think that climate's changed, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. Why don't you describe the landscape out there? I mean, seriously, the, the town that you were in isn't like Tulsa or Oklahoma City. Um, once you get outside of the bigger cities, what do you see? You, you see a lot of farm. You see a lot of, um, you know, flatlands. You see a lot of, um, you know, animals, um, you know, people, hardworking people. You see... Uh, a lot of roads. Y- you're you're in some locations. If your cell phone works, you're kind of lucky. It, you can tell it was a dust bully area. Paul's Valley uh, still has a general store that I was in that started in 1900 by the same family. You've got a drugstore. I can't remember the name of it. It was close to 75 or 80 years old, and then had the glass shelves with that old kind of product, the Coke and the different things that they used. So we're talking about we're talking about families that have lived there for a long time. Yeah. We're talking about an area that is is pretty rural. Um, very rural. It is very rural. There's not... I didn't realize from when I got picked up in Oklahoma City to where I went out to Paul's Valley, it was like two hours away, the airport. I didn't realize that. It was like two hours. Wow. Because mm-hmm. we take so much for granted. We take for we granted do. that our, our computers work, and down there they crashed. Um, and it was it was interesting, but... Families are not not like any, you know they're like everybody else across the country. Why don't we bring our next guest on now, um, Susan Davini? On on January six two thousand and four, your daughter Sheila mo- mobile home located about one mile east and one mile south of Maysville, Oklahoma. It burned to the ground. She was thirty years old at the time, and she was murdered. It should be no surprise that Sheila Davini had been married to an abusive, controlling man. And this is in my opinion, based on court records, based on what was done in filings based on bench warrants, based on child custody issues, based on him trying to turn it around on his then estranged wife saying that she was an unfit mother. And that's what we see across the country. Abusers tend to want to paint a picture because they're going to do whatever they can to show the world that they're a better parent and they just don't want, they want, they want to have to continued power and control. Um, they had been to court, according to eyewitnesses. Her ex-husband the day the fire started, he was on the premises. He and an alleged woman, who he possibly is allegedly married to now, and two other people in two separate cars. And it was, you don't burn down. If you go to Sheila Devine, D-E-V-I-N-E-Y dot org, you can see some of the fire photos. And the fire photos, the accelerant, the fire was in three different places. The fire was, and the way her body was positioned. Susan Devaney, welcome to the show, and thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. You know, and also I want I want to say, and I didn't know this, um, but it it would have been Sheila's birthday today. Yes, she would have been thirty-seven today. Thirty-seven, and and so when we had when I was in Oklahoma, and I said we're going to do a show, and when I debut the the show on the Zeus Radio Network, why don't we do it? And you said that's my daughter's birthday, and and I I am honored. I mean, I'm honored to be, have been able to spend so much time with the families, especially you and um, Donna, and and people don't realize what you've all been going through until you're down there. You have both, each of you, have been fighting for justice since they each died. Why don't you tell us, Susan, 
how you discovered and found out that that the trailer was on fire how, how you got the call where were you um i was at school teaching uh, eighth grade science and i don't know if donna knows this but actually i worked with uh, joe's sister at maysville she was the secretary and i had just changed schools and sally was the only one who knew how to get a hold of me because i had just changed all of my num- work numbers and my cell phone we couldn't have on me so it's kind of neat that Donna and I have connected in that way because Sally was actually the one that called me to tell me that her house was on fire and that nobody could find her that, that morning. And um, Sally had been trying to get a hold of her because she was a substitute teacher and she worked sometimes for Maisel for the school. And uh, so people had been looking for her. She dropped her kids off at 8 o'clock and by 10.20 the house was engulfed in flames. You know what? I, I think we should and stop here. You know what the problem is, too, is that what... The police out there, as they do across the country, they do not look at, as first responders, what the the previous history was. Oh, yeah, she's going through a divorce. Oh, yeah, they had a custody issue. Bullshit. You know why? Because had they looked at all the documentation, had they looked at her order of protection, had they looked at all that immediately, and based on the burn pattern of that trailer, of that home, they would have seen she was murdered. They would have seen that she struggled. We're going to take a break, and we will come back, and we will finish and, and talk more about this with Susan Davini and Donna Turner. Hi, this is Jessica Dorvage, host of the Where Is My Guru show, and you are listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. The definition of guru is to lead from darkness to light, and one who is regarded as having great knowledge, wisdom, and authority in a certain area and who uses it to guide others. Join us on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Where Is My Guru Show, where gurus from the areas of art, travel, creative activism, wellness, and the spa share their infinite wisdom and maybe a glass of wine. Fridays at 3 p.m. right here on Hear Women Talk Radio. Tonight, take an adventure on the Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. Explore the haunted swamps where alligators and the ghosts from long ago still reside. Stroll across floating walkways beneath the Spanish moss as your pirate guide leads you by lantern and shares 13 spooky tales along the way. The Ghost Walk departs nightly at dusk, only at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Call 843-361-2700 or visit MyrtleBeachGhostWalk.com for advanced tickets. The Myrtle Beach Ghost Walk. This is Dottie Laster, the host of Trafficked, an hour-long discussion about human trafficking in the United States. Join me as we meet guests from around the world and locally who are combating the fastest growing crime in the world. Join us every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern on Hear Women Talk Radio. When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try Carolina Safari Jeep Tours go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari mention hear women talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours see another side of Myrtle Beach get wild with wildlife explore history, nature and mystery on a Carolina Safari Jeep Tour Hi, this is Gina Tremarco with the Martini Meeting. Listen to the Martini Meeting with Eileen Soizan and myself every Thursday at 2.30 p.m. on Zeus Radio for hearwomentalk.com.
Hi, my name is Jesse Jordan with Further Faster Initiatives, and you're listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. Susan Murphy Milano, time's up. As Susan proves, there's more to her reputation than a keen mind and a sweet stack of subpoenas. And now, much more Susan Murphy Milano. Welcome back, everybody. Again, we're talking about the Garvin County 3 in Garvin County, Oklahoma, and we were talking with Susan Devinney, mother of Sheila Devinney. Susan, were you able, when, when you went in there afterwards the next day and you walked through the ashes because that's all that was left, were you able to recover anything? Uh, miraculously enough, beside her bed was her Bible, and it, it is smoked and it's fire damaged, but it did survive. Isn't that amazing? Uh, as as high it. intense as this fire was, as this arson, pardon me, it's an arson. Um, well, I think that's the thing people don't realize either, is that everything was burned to a crisp in that place. That's right. Everything. And for mm-hmm. her Bible yeah, to, to survive all of that is <laughs> it's definitely divine. Yeah. And, and, and what about uh, uh, documents? She told us that uh, she knew who her killer was, and she told us that he was going to kill her. And who did she say uh, it was? But she said it was going to be her ex-husband. Okay. She said, he'll kill me. And uh, we said, honey, nobody can hurt you because we live right here, and we're going to protect you. And the property, and so people know, was adjacent to your home. You know where you had yeah, lived for a number of years. Home. Yeah, I mean, so here yeah. she was on the same property where the kids were. It looked like a safe environment, and it's very interesting, Delilah, out in that area um, because it's it's all flatland again. It's oh, all hills. It's it's yeah, and and you have only it looks like maybe just one entry and exit, but it's not as far as the roads. But there's only like you know one car can go one way and the other can go in the opposite direction, and that's about it. But on this property where the trailer was at, at one time. Um, Susan had planted, you know, with bricks, a flower, or a, a tree in the middle of it. And it, it was eerie because what we had done, it, with each family when I was down there, um, we had gone to the crime scenes. Or, or what would have been the crime scene. In this case, the trailer was gone. So I went down to the river. What was that called, Susan, That where, where we were? The Washita River. Okay, the Washita River, and it's where you you spurs on your feet, and and we were climbing up on things, and in the river to block the dam with the water, parts of the trailer where Susan Davini, where Sheila Davini, pardon me, was murdered, was in that river. So you saw the frame, which I took pictures of. You saw the area. You and saw. And what did you tell people? How did they get there? Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> her ex-husband couldn't yeah. wait to go to his employer okay. and ask Here's for this, backhoe this dickless wonder, because that's what he is. He gets to go on on where she lived. Now, there's altercations, there's problems, there's fear, fear of life there going on. At the time, the fire marshal says it was an accident. Uh, later on, that changes. And he's allowed to go and cut up criminal evidence. He goes with somebody else, doesn't he, how Susan? Soon, how soon after the incident did... A couple of days. Was he elected? Really? Yeah. That soon? Yeah. Tell the audience day. what kind of garbage he told ab- about the children as to excuses to why the heck he had to move it. Oh, he said that the kids could not come back here unless it was moved and that he would let us keep them until spring break. But within a week... 
she was dead, she was buried, the house was gone, and the kids were gone. He let them go to school two days after the funeral and just totally <sighs> stripped everything away from them. Stripped everything away. Took, she, but th- there was evidence in there. But yeah, it's, well, it's, she told us if anything ever happened to her, she had a briefcase that had everything in it and not to let anybody see it and it is burnt but we have it and we have all the contents inside and that's right well. and that's about God you know why because uh, you know that file would not exist that file would be bye bye it's it's I go back to uh, Drew Peterson in Bolingbrook Illinois with Kathleen Savio Kathleen Savio was murdered found in a dry bathtub an officer's wife in 2004 and when Stacy Peterson went missing on October 28th in 2007, you know, just a little over three years ago, actually, right now in this time frame. Um, the family had this briefcase full of documents that they handed over to a reporter, and they had been carrying around with them for, I don't know, three or four years, that she had written and said, I'm going to be killed if something happens to me. Somebody please help me. And your daughter did a lot of the same things, didn't she? Yes, she did. And, she did. And what was the response by the court system? Oh, it was just like we weren't important and we weren't anybody or anything. They told us that if we had a lot of money or if we had a big name or anything like that, that something would be done, but, uh, or if they had a confession, but we just needed to go home and go on with our life and forget about it. And I just looked at them and I said, I won't. And, and you know, we have to, th- I won't. we're not accusatory. We're not accusing anybody here. You know, this is alleged kind of a conversation, but I know better because I had said in the last couple of weeks on the Ross show, that I hope they all have lawyered up, and I've heard rumor to that fact. And um, one by one they have, because they this Christmas and, and maybe next, I'm not really sure, but they better enjoy the holidays with their family. Everybody involved in all three of these cases. Because what's interesting in the discovery of going down to, to Garvin County, Oklahoma, is a pattern of conduct in three cases, in the Shada Turner case, in the Sheila Davini case, and the Tom Horton case, who was a school teacher, murdered um, in... 2008, again, all three crime scenes had a pattern of conduct. Maybe it was uh, changing of the crime scene um, information photos staged, cartridge, gun cartridge, officers that were on the scene or that were present. You have at least three officers on all three crime scenes in a, in a period of eight years from 2000, 2004 to 2008. So, so Susan, let's talk about your daughter and and when you realized what was really going on, and and you know the form, your former son-in-law took the trailer away, things were going on. How did you? Wh- how did it come to be that the fire marshals or who told you that this was purposely set? Well, I went to an academic meet because I was academic coach, and it was probably about three weeks after she had died. We were waiting on an autopsy, and while I was at the academic meet, uh, someone whose daughter-in-law had worked at the funeral home or maybe her mom worked there, uh, she mentioned the fact that she didn't have any smoke in her lungs. And I said, she didn't have any smoke in her lungs? And they said, no, she didn't have any smoke in her lungs. And I said, well, I wasn't aware of that. And they said, well, what do you think about that? And I said, well, I can't think about that right now. And so I came home, and I was alarmed. And I told Dave, I said, Dave, I heard through the grapevine that Sheila didn't have any smoke in her lungs, so maybe she really was murdered. And then he got on the phone with the fire marshal, and uh, we made an appointment, and we met with her in her office and started giving her all the facts and the information. But it was that, that briefcase that you had, too. You know, and, and that's what's with the current administration in there now. The investigator with the prosecutor's office, 
who it was a sheriff who was on these three crime scenes, who is now with the prosecutor's office. The current prosecutor, there is enough information, there's enough evidence, and yet he's been reluctant to, when I was down there, he refused to meet with me, saying there was no new information, no new evidence. Well, God damn it, then go look at it. You know, that's what's wrong. They think that it's going to cost all this money to prosecute these cases. They don't realize, Donna and, and Susan, how many years you have been fighting for justice for your daughters. And for those also listening, you can go to www.justiceforthedead.com, which has not just these three cases, and these are pretty much intimate partner family-related homicides, but there's more. There are. I think that's one thing that I think is very important for the listeners to realize is that these aren't the only three cases. That All of a sudden, at your news conference, people came from all over. There were many families that are going through this same thing, not just in Garvin County, but but the, th- all the over. pattern of conduct, which was that similar situations had happened on all three cases, were the, were enough that that I had felt, and and Jay Mendros, who's the lawyer on these, had felt that if we separated them out, there was a chance mm-hmm. to get them looked at by agents in Washington or or prosecutors to get the ball rolling, perhaps on 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 a, a case that involved corruption and the case that involved blatant disregard for justice that they would all be opened at the same time because of the pattern of conduct because you know maybe it was the crime scene record where somebody says I wasn't there but they were there and and who was really at a crime scene and who was really at a crime scene you know Donna when your daughter was murdered and we have to this is probably one of the most important points to Shonda Turner's murder is that, Donna, she didn't have to die, did she? No, she didn't. And why is that? Because she did not have a life-threatening injury. She, does everybody listen to that? She didn't have a life-threatening injury. So that means, that, where was she shot? She was shot in the chest, and she died because her lung filled up with blood. Thirty-five minutes later. Right. And when we when we went because we couldn't the the gate was locked but we were down there when we went from that we timed it from the point of where they would have gone gone through the gate down the road to the hospital to the second sign not the first one because there was a new hospital sign there and it what six minutes didn't we time it at six minutes it was about six minutes driving at speed limit which on that road is forty five miles an hour so all they had to do all the person that she was seeing had to do and the family that was there and there was a third party there who we'll get to that a little bit later but she's no longer with us and 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 her autopsy the family had come to me while I was down with all of you uh, this young girl was murdered and it was Shanda's best friend who was allegedly there that night who you know was taken out of life because she knew too much she was a burden she was a problem and you know again that's that's Another murder attributed to the 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 three, and in addition to that, we discovered while we were in Oklahoma that there's possibly a fifth murder. So we're not just talking about these three, but if we go to justiceforthedead.com, you're going to see that families have been fighting because the medical examiner's office and OSBI have failed to properly do autopsies, properly investigate. They're branding all of these cases as if uh, to say that they are suicides. So there's other families besides the Garvin County three who have been murdered, and it's very clear, been murdered, folks, and they lost their lives, and in a lot of cases, they were never even seen by the medical examiner, they were never even autopsied, 
In one case, a body was returned to a family, a stinking, stenching body, eight and a half months later in a condition that was inhumane. We are coming back. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back and talk more with the Garvin County 3. I'm Susan Murphy-Milano. This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. Hello, race fans. This is Jeff Gilder, creator of RacersReunion.com. When you're in Myrtle Beach, check out my favorite, the Caravelle Resort. The Caravelle Resort has a golf department and concierge with golf privileges at virtually every course on the Grand Strand, including the coveted Dunes Club. And ladies, pamper yourself with Caravelle's Studio Spa. Featuring services such as Swedish massage, heated stone therapy, reflexology, manicures, pedicures, facials, and more. Awaken your senses with the most requested massage and spa therapies. The Caravelle Resort, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, 800-507-9145. Get the best rate on the Grand Strand when you use promo code RACERS at thecaravelle.com. 800-507-9145. Hi, this is Jessica Doravage, host of the Where Is My Guru show. Join us Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Hear Women Talk. Hi, folks. This is private investigator Vicki Childs, host of the Vicki Childs show on Hear Women Talk Radio. How safe is your cell phone? Is someone listening to all your calls or reading your text messages? How about your computer? Is someone watching all of your keystrokes? Or do you want to know what your child, your employee, or your spouse are doing on a computer or cell phone. If you need computer or cell phone forensics, do what I do. Talk to Steve Abrams at AbramsForensics.com. Steve is a highly respected and skilled forensics expert as well as an attorney. Contact Steve Abrams for a free 15-minute consultation at AbramsForensics.com. That's AbramsForensics.com. Or click on the Abrams Forensics banner ad on Hear Women Talk and use promo code H. Attention boppers, shaggers, and swingers. Join us at the J.B. Floyd Community Center in North Myrtle Beach Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for the fast-paced excitement of the Swing Syndicate. Study the swing styles of Jitterbug, Double Time, Lindy, West Coast, East Coast, and Show. Sure to be a big hit on the Grand Strand. That's the Swing Syndicate Wednesdays, 7 o'clock, at the J.B. Floyd Community Center in North Myrtle Beach, 1030 Possum Trot Road, Wednesdays, 7 o'clock. Hi, this is Michelle with LaBellamy vineyard you're listening to hear women talk radio and the zeus radio network welcome back to time's up with the jane wayne of justice susan murphy milano Welcome back, everybody. Um, we're talking with Susan Davini and Shonda Turner, part of the Garvin County 3 in Oklahoma, where um, the cases have recently gone national because of what the prosecutor and the medical examiner and the law officials are not doing. And, Susan, we were all at lunch, what was it, the 16th of October, all of us, the families after church. Um, and it was interesting to note that across the table from us was a, a renowned kind of a, a family that everybody knows whose streets are named after I'm not going to say their name streets are named after and, and, and parks and 
um, you know, they're an old kind of time family. And they had every opportunity to come over to the table to us and extend any kind of acknowledgement or sympathy. But what happened to you yesterday when you were out and about? I was working for the paper, getting the election results in the courthouse, and uh, she walked up to me last night and introduced herself and told me how sorry she was about my daughter's case and that it was a homicide and that they were a good Christian family and that they were praying for me, but she wanted me to understand that her son had not committed a crime. Oh, baby, baby, baby. (laughs) You know, um, thou dost protest too much. And it's very interesting that we have been able to get a hold of some some information since I've been down there and afterwards that, you know, there's some documentation that's gone back and forth. And I have no way of knowing any of these people while I was in Garvin County, Oklahoma, that had said that this person who was in a relationship with Shonda Turner the night that she was murdered, that these people were also allegedly there at the crime scene. Again, a very well-known family. And that... Um, it was very interesting if they were so sorry and different things that that in the current climate of this election, which was yesterday, November 2nd, that Garvin County, Oklahoma, was having a sheriff's race. And the people that were in office were the ones that, I, in my opinion, and this has nothing to do with the families, but that were hiding and, and creating corruption throughout the county, that they were refusing to do their jobs. They were refusing to carry out justice. Um, you know, they were the worst part of of garbage I have ever seen. They because uh, to what? Go ahead. I told her that uh I wasn't at liberty to discuss that case. That yeah, we were all working together for a cause, but that wasn't my case to talk about, that we only discussed ours. Yeah. And she proceeded to um uh, degrade the uh, the uh Turner family. Yeah, you know what? And, and yesterday? Yeah, that was yesterday. And and, yes. and you know what's interesting yes. to me? You know, again, uh. you know, Sh- Shanda Turner is shot. It's not a life-threatening injury. It's not. And they let her die. They let her die. She is fighting for her life, isn't she, Donna Turner? That's right. You can see that yes. by by what? The, tell us about the what you saw when you tell us when you, what you saw when you walked in that house because I have photos and again I have documentation and we have sworn statements now, folks. Go ahead. I walked up to the house. The first thing I saw was the back door. There was a bullet hole through the back door, and I got down on my hands and knees so that I could see the angle of the bullet hole. Anything there? It was just fresh chip wood, there was no blood, body matter, nothing to indicate that a bullet had passed through a body and then passed through this wooden door. Well, let's talk about the bedroom where she was allegedly shot. Or right. Something. What, what, where, was the bed, where was the bedding? Where was it? it? It's gone. And the sheriff's department didn't seem to think that was important. Oh, no, that. because they were probably there, what, you know, sometime beforehand, before you got the call. I mean, this is the next day. You're called right. the next damn day. And and the night that this happens, you... you Everybody know, else in town was called. There were, what, 19 people on the crime scene? That's right. I mean, there, for what? What is listed on the crime scene log. We have information that there was more private citizens do, do, there who... Donna, Donna, uniform. you know what? We, we that's, that's for when we go to a court of law. Um, right. I, I think that we, you know... We're not going to show everything that we got, and we did get a lot. And I think that um, 
there was such a climate down there that Susan, you had made arrangements for me to speak, um, and I had said this before. If people had realized the name of my book is called Times Up, and that I was speaking at your church because October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month, and the day before I'm to speak, your pastor gets a call from two politicians who say if Susan Murphy Milano talks about anything other than or politics or raises our names in her conversation, we will revoke your 501c3. That's correct. That's what that's what they told them, and bullies, I was bullies. called and said, "Now that's not that is not the climate. That is that's not what we're doing, is it?" And I said, "No, we are there to help somebody else's daughter because I didn't listen. I want to help other mothers to know how important it is to get this message out. It's not political. It's not about anything other than saving somebody else's life." And that's what we were doing. And 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 they, if they had bothered to read, because I'm not really sure they know how to read that they would have seen that that was the title of my book and had nothing to do with them. They actually thought the times that meant for them, that I was actually out there for some political message, and I have news for them. They're not that important to me. But your daughters and, and all the other victims on the Justice for the Dead site and the families who've been grieving to get the branded death certificate, again, uh, recently the medical examiner's office, the assistant pathologist, was just arrested for taking drugs from the dead. He's also had alleged uh, connection to organ harvesting. So some of these families also have been had their bodies of loved ones returns minus organs. What kind of a place is is well, it's, it's it's something that I mean these this isn't this isn't a movie. This is real life and I think that's what's so hard to wrap your head around that this is really happening in the United States of America. This is not a third world country. But it's Donna, like Donna needs to tell Donna needs to tell about the the girl who came to the candlelight vigil who none of us knew and she followed her uh, to the car and everything. Donna, you need to tell that story because that's really important yes. that we did touch a lot. Yes, there was a young woman who came to the candlelight vigil, and I was assuming she might be a family member because she was standing there close to all of us and of one of the other families and. I spoke to her, and she said no. She was there just to see what it was about. And at one point during the vigil, she began to cry, and I felt that there was definitely a problem. And so I asked Susan, I asked her if she would like to have your book, Susan. And she, you know, yes. And I asked Susan if we had one to give her. And she took the book, and she followed us out into the parking lot, and uh, gave us her phone number and I gave her mine and she said, you know, that her friend had a problem with domestic abuse. Her friend. Mm. That's what they do. They say they're friends. Right. Right. It's it's embarrassing. It's It's very embarrassing. You know, it was embarrassing for your daughter, uh, Susan. It was embarrassing because she had a fight for every nickel and dime just to feed the kids. It was embarrassing of the way that she had to live and be treated like cattle going just to court to get her rights insured, wasn't it? Yeah, and she wouldn't meet him. He was not allowed on the property. When they exchanged the children, it was always in a public place where other people were. And, and, he was that afraid of it. Tell our listeners um, what old college boy was, was, was infamous for in Oklahoma. As far as his playing football, playing football, <laughs> playing football, <laughs> high school and college he was a football star, cheerleader, and she was a cheerleader. Yeah. Um, he was a cheerleader. He was a football player. Yeah. You know, your grandchildren, Susan, are listening, and it's it's their mom's birthday, 
if you could send a little message to them, what would you say to them right now? I, I dropped them some Halloween things last Friday and told them that I love them. Um, I know that this is really, really hard on them, but they need to know the truth. They've never been told the truth. And as far as everybody trying to make us feel guilty, it's not about the kids. And my pastor said that the best mental health is the truth. It's time that they knew that they have been lied to all this time, and so have the people in the community. Just like in Donna's case, no one's been told what really happened. Um, it's been like a high school, junior high school game. Nobody's looked at the facts except you, Susan. You've helped us bring out the facts so people know what they are now. How, how much you know? has changed, though, since I left? And I left early because of some groundbreaking evidence that we got that I had to get out of there with because I was I was trying to get it out and where it needed to be so that you know we could proceed on what had to happen. What's Because I know the climate when I was there for the first few days, and it wasn't very nice. But what has have, have things changed, Donna, for you first? Have they changed since me coming out there and, and us, you know, creating awareness with Jay Mendros and the Justice for the Dead site and all the other families? It definitely has because for the first time in Garvin County, things are being told. The facts are being put out there. It's it's never been out in Garvin County before. People and didn't people know what happened shocked. to your daughter. They thought that it was. Well, they, 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 they didn't know. They, you know, from the other side, they had told everybody that we didn't want to accept the fact that our daughter had taken her own life and that, you know, we were crazy and all sorts of things. And um, now that the true facts are getting out there. Isn't it a like, shame? Isn't it a shame that in a community the size that you live in, that you're forced to take sides, that the citizens are forced to take sides in, in, in an issue like this. I, I don't understand true. that. And, and I imagine that there were so many people in your, in your community that were living behind their doors of fear. They, they were too afraid to talk about it. And now they're not. Because they voted. I know there's evidence, I, I know there's evidence out there. And there's people that know what happened. But we've been told by people that want to speak up. If they can go in her parents' front yard and burn her and kill her, what will they do to me if I talk? You know, and and and, and, know and for those for listening, because we know for a fact the killers are listening. We know for a fact in the, in the Horton case, Tom Horton case, who was a high school teacher murdered in 2008. Um, we know the crime scene was contaminated there. We know for a fact in the Shonda Turner case she was murdered, and in the Sheila Davini case she was murdered, which was changed to a homicide. But we're going to talk about that when we come back. We're going to take a break now, folks. Thank you. Hi, this is Jessica Dorvaj, host of the Where Is My Guru show, and you are listening to Hear Women Talk Radio. The definition of guru is to lead from darkness to light, and one who is regarded as having great knowledge, wisdom, and authority in a certain area, and who uses it to guide others. Join us on Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Where Is My Guru show, where gurus from the areas of art, travel, creative activism, wellness, and the spa share their infinite wisdom and maybe a glass of wine. Fridays at 3 p.m. right here on Hear Women Talk Radio. That's galore. 
visit our store at 4822 Highway 17 at Barefoot Landing. We have the largest source of hats in the greater Grand Strand area. Tilly, Stetson, Indiana Jones, Wallaroo, Top Hats, Mad Hatter, Derbies, Felts, Fedoras, Cowboy, Golfer, Driver, Life is Good. We carry a large selection of women's fashion hats as well as Red Hat Society hats. We also have an assortment of umbrellas, canes, and walking sticks. Hats Galore, located at Barefoot Landing in North Myrtle Beach. We are the best source for hats in the Grand Strand area. Hats Galore at Barefoot. When you're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, home of Zeus Broadcast Network and Hear Women Talk, there's a wonderful adventure that you should try. Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. Go to www.carolinasafari.com and check out Carolina Safari. Mention Hear Women Talk and get a discount from Carolina Safari Jeep Tours. See another side of Myrtle Beach. Get wild with wildlife. Explore history, nature, and mystery on a Carolina Safari. Hi, this is Deb Coletti, and I am your host of Life on Purpose, a radio show where I'll be having conversations with a wide range of fascinating women who are, in my opinion, leading a truly rich life. We will laugh, we will cry, we will sometimes get very serious. It will get edgy. It will definitely be irreverent and uh, no, no subject off limits. Tune in to hear where we go and even join in the conversation. Life on Purpose with your host, Deb Coletti. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. on the Hear Women Talk Network. This is Paul Trulove on Zeus Radio Network for HearWomenTalk.com. Blazing the trail, the Jane Wayne of justice is circling the courthouses of America. Speaking up for those who have been silenced. Susan Murphy Milano declares, time's up. And now, back to Susan Murphy Milano, because there's never too much Susan Murphy Milano. We are back, everybody, with the Garvin County Three, or two of the three, the mothers of both murder victims. Shanda Turner, who was murdered in 2000. We have Donna Turner, her mother, and Susan Devinney, Sheila Devinney's mother. And today would have been Sheila Devinney's 37th birthday. Let's talk, Susan, when we left for break, we were talking about the community at large. And, and the climate there. And, um, you know, since everybody coming together, first of all, a couple of months ago, um, you were able to raise $50,000 for <laughs> a reward money off, off, off. We were doing some blog talk radio shows. We were out there. We were, we were kicking it. We were putting the information out there. And people started paying attention. And so did some, some businessmen who came up with $50,000. Yes, they did. And they're talking about maybe increasing it because we've caused so much stir. That's right. That's right. Uh, you know, because they want something done, too. And your and your daughter's website and is SheilaDevinney.org. Um, and then also, again, JusticeForTheDead.com. And if you go to Shanda Turner's site, you can see every one of these families has, or a lot of them do, have videos. Donna, why don't we talk about when your daughter uh, was going to be laid to rest because in the video that you have on justiceforthedead.com you took photos of her in the casket because of what the medical examiner's office and the police covered up and didn't do her hands were bruised and burned weren't who they? makes a family do that 
Who, ma- mean, who makes a family? Who makes a family? Th- that's like the, do that. That's not the only family, though. On these I know. cases, there were other families who had to take photos. I think it was Curtis um, Prescott Prescott yes. cases. Yes. They took photos of their son in the casket. Again, another Oklahoma. Why case. should a family have to do that? Because it's, it's because it's cover up. If the families don't do it, right. the evidence exactly. will be gone. Exactly. And that's what's exactly pe- right. people that are listening right now. What you have to do, if don't take what people tell you. Don't take it for granted. If if you think something's wrong, you go in and you take things. You take a garbage bag. You empty out waste paper baskets. You don't touch it. If there's a question later on, if you see blood that nobody got, they're not investigating. There wasn't an autopsy. You cut it out of the rug and you save it. You put it in a plastic bag. You put it in the freezer and you mark it. And the date, the time. You take photos. You take videos. Even after all this time. By going out to Ground Zero on each crime scene, there was new documentation and new crime scene evidence that appeared. That appeared. So, Donna, why don't you, I'm sorry, why don't you go to what you had to do just prior to, when, when, when your daughter was interned? Well, I asked when, when I regained my composure enough after I was told of her death, I asked, where is she? Because I'm assuming she's, her body is going to the ME's office for an autopsy. And, and, was and that, I was told was that true? Did she was that happen? in a funeral home in another town. Yeah, how can that be? How can that be? She. That's what I said. Who told you to take her there? I'm her mother. I do not want her there. And nothing was said. And, a, oh, a couple of hours later, I received a call from the funeral home director who told me that he said, I'm coming into Elmore now. And Shanda is with me. And I said, I want to see her now. Aren't there laws governing... Don't they have to do an autopsy if there's a violent death? You have an assistant pathologist who's taken off... Who's taken meds from these homes and these right. bodies? You have a pathologist, a pathologist who works for an organ harvest place that is returning bodies. You have a medical examiner's office, and that's in a, shambles. That's in shambles, and you have a a corrupt, you know, band of merry men who have tin badges, out in Oklahoma in Garvin County, covering up. And again, I was told allegedly that I know that at least three of them. Ten days ago, we're seen lawyering up because while I was down there, as you know, because of the Ross show, which is a nationally syndicated show, we had protection. We had on-the-ground security kind of 24-7 because people were afraid because of what we were bringing out in these cases, the truth that something was going to happen to me. And how dare they? Really, how dare they do that for the truth? Oh, Exactly. It, it's an it's a whole game of intimidation. There again, you go well, back to power and control and abusers in a, in high places. You've got right. abusers in high places doing what they want to do because they've been able to do it and get away with it. That's right. That's right. And 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 it's terrible in in the case of the Turner family. You know, in the back of 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 the house there, they have you know everything assembled. You know, they've been waiting for ten years. Okay. And and one of the things, um, and I, I spoke on on Sunday night at a, a church, Donna. One of the things that that you did before I was only there a few days, and you put a necklace around me. You had the wherewithal to go back to the crime scene after your daughter was taken out of the house, after she was gone, and, and before she was probably laid to rest, to take her hairbrush, didn't you? Why was that important? I did. I I got her hairbrush and a few other things, but I thought that I needed the hair for DNA 
and you know. <laughs> but you've made lockets We've out of that. We've had to here. do it all. But you've and made lockets out of that, and you necklaced me. You you lo- you put that. I did. I you wanted you to have part of Shanda, even though a small part, with you because you're fighting for like the rest of us. Mm. And for, and for those that continue to wonder why I fight, it's because nobody fought for my mother who was murdered back in 1989 by my father who was a Chicago Valley Crimes detective. That's the motive behind this, and that's the reason I do this, so that no one else has to do this. That's the reason that we have these mothers on. And we're going to continue as well in the months ahead to to highlight not just these cases but the other ones. In, in December we have Attorney Jay Mendros and another case of a young girl who was murdered that they didn't do an autopsy on. She It was made to look like a suicide. It was not. Susan Davini, you work for the newspaper there. You work for the Gazette. And and you're right there in town, right? Is, you're in Paul's Valley, right? In Winniewood. Winniewood, I'm sorry. So in Winniewood, uh-huh. um, what's the talk? What's the scuttlebutt of, you know, everything that's going on? I mean, are, are people really coming out? Are they... Are they are they saying enough? Besides voting the sheriff out, which was that's hallelujah time. Um, what what are people? Are they coming up to you as well in the newspaper? Because they all know you work there. They they all when I walk in a business, they all get off the phone and they want to know what's going on. And they, they shake your hand now, don't they? They say. shake your hand. And they shake my hand. And last night at the watch party, when I was there covering Larry Rhodes' story, which was, I was the only newspaper at his camp. And, and Larry Rhodes is who one. ran against uh, the the former acting the, the, sheriff, right? And and he, yeah, you know, he doesn't deserve his name. We don't there. want to give him any more play than he's going to get in the newspapers no. when he's arrested. So no. I really don't want to do that. No. I was the I was the only one there, and there was there was women and girls that were coming up to me, and they said, "I want to shake your hand. I want to meet you. Uh, I've been following your story, and." And I don't want you to give up and, and just keep doing what you're doing because it's so important to so many women you don't realize what you're doing to help. And what does it mean to you? Them, what does it mean to you now, Susan and Donna, to to have the support of the community behind you? How does that I'm, feel? I'm just a person like anybody else, but but I want them to see that you you don't have to give up. I can be like Susan, Susan Murphy, and I can get out there, and I can help other people too. Right. It's it's nice, you know, for the community to support us and to finally listen. Because before, you know, it's you were screaming oh, squirrels. Nobody believed you. Oh, yeah, they're just angry there, that their kids are dead. There's something wrong with them, and whatever we said, no one was hearing it. And and now they're finally taking notice because they got the facts. They know the truth, and what we have to say, uh, Susan Devenny and I. It, it can. It can help others. And what you're doing now, because we're running out of time, is you're doing Jay Mendros. Again, we're going to have her back on uh, in, in the upcoming months. But uh, it's a petition for new legislation, the Oklahoma State Medical Examiner's Office. By our signatures, we affirm we are a lawful age, citizens of the state of Oklahoma, and as taxpayers demand that the following be passed into law to create effectively accountability and checks and balances in the Oklahoma State Medical Examiner's Office. That is brilliant, Donna. The right. fact that really you are paving the way, not just for your daughter's case to be open, but all these other families who were branded as suicides, you and your attorney, Jay Mendros, who again created the site justiceforthedead.com. And I suggest everybody go there because all these cases, besides the Garvin County 3, are on there. It's uh, mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. It really is. How many how many other cases there are. And and other and are, new ones being added every day. That's right. And, and I'm getting phone calls. 
she's she's our go-to person. She's a, she's who we all look she's, to, she's, and we all follow, and we wear out, but we love her because she started all of this. That's right, and yeah. and, and and also I might add that if before I forget that if people have any information that's confidential, it stays that way. To please email me at murphymilano at gmail.com and we'll make sure it gets to the proper place. And then we'll have people also do what's necessary to, to gain that information that you, you've given us um, and secure it and, and we won't release your name. Because a lot of people, as we all know, Donna and Susan, they came forward and they provided us with a great many details to each of your cases. It's still happening, Susan. That's right. Thanks to you. That's, well, it's all of us. It's, it's all of us. It's all of right. us working as a team, which we did when, you know, your husband, Joe Turner, called me last night. It was very late, and I was on the road, and he, he, he jumped up and down on the phone. I could hear him as if he was bouncing off the walls. Susan, we won. My God, thank God we won. We won. Mm-hmm. And just the, the, the joy. And we all said when we were together a few days ago that things had changed. The climate had changed because the powers... Our power of goodness had come together as one. And you can't knock down that force when you're strong and you believe in a system that's going to change. No matter how you've been wronged, how your family's been wronged. Donna, real quick, there's mothers listening right now. There's family members right now that have unsolved cases or that that just don't know what to do. What would you say to that family member, that mother, that's trying to get down the road that you've gone? And what would you say to them so they don't give up? You have to be determined. I can only speak from my own experience, but uh, <laughs> actually I do better when I'm angry. That's when I've really got the force in me. And when they come at me and try to, to put a stop to it or block the way, that's when I keep pushing forward and I'm more determined than ever. And bless you for that. Donna. Susan Davini, because we're almost out of time, what about you? Don't ever give up. You got. You've got to believe in in our way of life and the American way of life, and in God above, because He will give you the strength to continue on. Amen to that. And I I want to I want to thank Donna Turner. Uh, I want to thank Susan Davini. You're both going to come back here. The website is www.justiceforthedead.com. You can go to murphymilanojournal.blogspot.com for the latest. Womeninecrimeinc.blogspot.com tomorrow is going to be on. Join me tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern on www.therothshow.com where I'm at every Wednesday night from 7 to 8 p.m. on these cases and other cases on crime. Um, I want to thank everybody. I also want to thank avaaston.com for the song that is now ours. Uh, called Go On. I want to thank the, the creative announcer, Burl Bear, who you will hear every week announcing my show and, and coming up with those lovely little <laughs> remarks. Delilah uh, from Imagine Publicity. And again, for the Zeus Radio Network for giving me one hell of a debut show. And we'll see you next week with syndicated author, syndicated radio show host, Dr. Lori Roth. Thank you. God bless everybody. Just fits a green